We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, folks. It is the final Monday before the NFL draft, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing there? Is the uh, I heard the weather might be flipping back to cold out there in Georgia or something. Is you got it. Going on? You got it. It's uh, it's cold again. So um, getting warm in here, though. So I might have to take off my uh, my little Ooh. hoodie here. Look out, man. Be careful. Tiffany Silver Silver will uh, leave you a super chat asking about uh, what's what you're wearing underneath there, Scott. But welcome in, everybody. It is a good time. We're going to do a little bit of mock draft today. And also had a chance to ask some questions with uh, the Athletics, Dane Brugler. And he got back to me about some Broncos one. Obviously, you guys are in here. We've had a lot of Broncos draft content, but not a lot of Broncos draft content from the big uh, draft media folks. So getting a chance to sit down and pick Dane Brugler's brain, I think, is uh, something that's Interesting. Um, coming up in the NFL draft here, seeing what he has to say with the uh, draft coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But first, before we get into that article, uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat. We got our guy David saying morning Broncos country might be a few questions about the offensive line. But if Randy Brown and stay healthy with all the free agent sign, they may be OK. So he's talking about edge rusher here. Scott, we've talked about edge a bit, but uh, what is your thought as we enter draft week here about the Broncos at the edge position? If you like one of the edges, again, I don't think any position should be off the table. Um, you know, you're can you get can you get better on the offensive line early? Yeah, you can. Are there going to be corners available? Yeah, you can. If you love an edge that falls to your that spot, it's just it's harder to get impact players at the premium positions in the third round. Mm-hmm. You can get impact players at the non-premium positions because all the premium positions have already been taken up. Uh, I'm getting my edges, corners, wide receivers, quarterbacks all early. So you know what that leaves me in the third round? Guards, centers, running backs, tight ends, safeties that are really, really good players. So I might be able to get better by taking a non-premium position player, but getting one of the top guys in the draft at the top of the third. So again, a lot of it depends on how the board falls. Yeah. And the Broncos do have 67, 68. We'll see if they stay at those spots. Um, I think it's, Probably not likely that they stay at both of them, but uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, offensive edge rusher. Right now you're sitting in a room that has a lot of bodies, but not a lot of certainty. Uh, you mentioned Browning and Randy, you know, being fine, being healthy. We'll see if that happens. Also, you got a bunch of depth guys that maybe somebody gets moved. Uh, we've talked about it on here a bit. Jonathan Cooper's been a good player for the Broncos, but he's a good number three, number four kind of guy. Maybe you've chipped him off kind of like the Broncos traded Malik Reed last year. You still have Jacob Martin on the roster. He could be somebody that you flip for a late pick. Uh, so, or you use him to like move up, uh, late in the draft, but, uh, yeah, really interesting. It depends on how the board falls. Edge is certainly something the Broncos are doing work on Todd coming in saying, can't stay for the live show. Just wanted to say hello. Hello to you, Dominique coming in. Happy Monday to my Broncos family, Jamal Killings, killing it out there. Good morning. Broncos country chase. Well, excited. It's the draft week. So is Colin whoop de doo It's draft week. whoop de doo Good job, Colin. I'm going to read that as a uh, happy one. Austin H. Chase, you want the, who do you want the Broncos to draft? Yeah, Chase, who do you want the Broncos to draft? Austin H. says he wants the uh, running back Eric Gray from Oklahoma. Thinks he's going to be a stud. Eric Gray has been a fine player from Oklahoma. I think the Broncos could probably get him round four, round five. I don't think I would take him round four, uh, just because I think there'd probably be other guys available still. But if he's there round five, then sure, he's a kind of a do-everything back. Uh, not really exceptional in any one area, but he's also not detrimental in any one area also. So round five, I think, is a good spot for him. Any thoughts on Eric Gray, Scott? 
No, I agree with you. Um, and if I'm getting that far down in the weeds, I guess, again, it depends on who would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Ray was solid at senior bowl. And again, I, to really be good in a Sean Payton offense, he's got to be a good receiver. Um, that's going to be key. Again, I, I bring it back all the time about, you know, the wide receiver, this, or the air raid, this, no, no, no. Alvin Kamara had 80 receptions a year for four straight years under Sean Payton, 80. Yeah. That's a lot of touches. So you want to get it, it, whoever you bring in needs to be a good receiver out of the backfield. It's a must. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, Kevin Gray, thank you so much. Good morning to you, Kevin. Rob in the house and good morning. Best MHH team. It's draft week. Final mock draft Monday. Yeah, we'll get into it. No doubt. Jeremy coming in saying morning, fellas. Long time no see. Chris Sims said it would take a mid-round pick to get Trey Lance. Would you do it for a mid-round pick if his medicals are fine? Yes, I would toss that out there. I know the the uh, Sean Payton really loved to use Taysom Hill. I think at worst case, you have a you know height, weight, speed, large kind of body type guy that can be a Taysom Hill package player early on. But I think it's probably going to take more than a mid-round pick, I would assume, unless there's something else going on there. I just, again, what you just said was the take more than a mid-round pick. I mean, why would he go from three first-round picks to a fourth-rounder in the evaluation of the San Francisco 49ers unless they had a massive personnel change in their front offices? Mm-hmm. I just I, I just cannot see that happening. I cannot. Yeah, It's not like he's overly expensive. He's gotten – he hasn't had really a chance to do much of anything out there before he got hurt. It's just – has his stock fallen – off to let's just cut the salary of this guy in two seasons. I just, I don't see it. I really don't. I don't understand it either. I mean, he's what he's played two and a half games. Um, His he's as young this year as Mac Jones was as a rookie. So it's not like he's like older or anything still. There's a lot of like years. Uh, and Chris, left, Chris Sims so. was pushing the Mac Jones at number three overall. Chris, Chris Sims likes to put a lot of stuff out there to be different. So he to speak. Is, he is very close with Kyle Shanahan, though. Like they have like matching tattoos. Well, something... then how come they missed? Then how come he missed on Mac Jones to the San Francisco 49ers? I've heck if I know. Um, I think there's a little bit of interesting conversation there about the front office liking somebody and the coaching staff liking somebody else, uh, based on what I've heard there. But uh, it's just speculation. But it will be interesting. I feel if uh, back to the comment there though. If Trey Lance is available for a mid round pick, I would take a swing. I thought he was an. I would player. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't know if you have your long-term option there. If it just cost you your fourth-round pick this year and you still have two, three years of control left, it makes sense to me. Dave Glassman with the hearts. Good to see you, Dave. Philip coming in. Good morning, everyone. Can't wait for the draft. We can't either. We got our guy, uh, our person, Carol, coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Albert Knopper is woohoo. A couple days until the draft. Very great. Uh, Was the cook late? I'm hungry. We were just covering the Falcons over there. Um, So it's going to be this week. Uh, It's going to be covering it as much as we can. We're going to be out there a lot. I need to get some uh, throat lozenges uh, to help protect my throat there because we're going to be yammering away about all the prospects and uh, covering you uh, for the Falcons and the Broncos pretty much every day. Greg Smith, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Greg. Got our guy Dom in the house. Great to see you, Dom. Um, also, Albert Nopper is coming in saying, do you think Henry Toto uh, would be a great option for the Broncos? He's a little bit small. He's not a great athlete. Uh, he had a lot of hype coming in to this season and kind of fell off a little bit from Alabama. If he's there around three and you like him, sure. Why not? I don't think he's a Supreme player, but he could be, you know, an average starting linebacker. I think he's got good instincts and that's probably the most important thing for the linebacker spot. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You just gave an underwhelming scouting report and then said third round. Fourth, fourth fifth. Yeah. Okay. Because you said if he's there, you said if he's there in the third, then maybe I'm like, you no, just made him fifth. sound like a fifth or sixth rounder to me, Nick. Now nah, you know, he's linebacker. You know, if I if I'm going third round on a linebacker, I want him to be plus plus. I want to be yeah. really good. Not yeah, he's fine. He does this. this uh, okay, then down the road a little bit, then maybe. Yeah. No, I think he's early, uh, early, early day three uh, is what I'd see from him. He'll be an interesting player. Got our guy Lance coming in top of the morning. Good to see you, DeHine. Says morning, gents. Trying to get to work and wanted to say hello. Uh, we'll watch the episode when I get off work. We'll put it on at work. Everybody appreciate it. Gary Palmer, nineteen ninety nine, breaking us off. We thank you so much, Gary, uh, with the uh, the super chat, kicking us off. Good morning, Nick and Scott. BPA is the mantra. I think seems that was the mantra when the Broncos were uh, interviewing this last week of the press conference with Sean Payton and uh, George Payton as well. So taking the best guy could go a number of options. Could the Broncos draft Trey Palmer, a wide receiver from N- Nebraska? Yes, they definitely could draft Trey Palmer. I don't think he, I would take him 67, 68. Personally, I think he's probably about 75 to 90 range. In my opinion, I like Reed more. I like Tyler Scott more uh, than him, but uh, Trey Palmer is certainly an option. If he falls to the Broncos round four and you have a chance at him, you're doing cartwheels. You're very excited about that pick. Yeah, I like him a little bit better than that, honestly. You know, just with the 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 good hands, the route running, and then the traits on him. You know, six foot one ninety two with a four three three. I mean, he's fast. He can fly. You want to talk about mm-hmm. somebody that brings something a little different to your team? This is maybe the guy that you thought you were getting when you drafted KJ Hamler, and has yeah. you haven't been able to get him on the field enough to find out what. What kind of impact would a guy with that kind of speed, but he's not just a speed guy. He can mm-hmm. cut off routes and and run and uh you know catch underneath and catch slants and goes and sluggos and but he does have that speed that you don't really have on the team. And I as far as I'm concerned, you don't have KJ Hamler because you haven't been able to have KJ Hamler. So going with someone like Palmer, uh I, I think he should be third round at the latest. Yeah, I just don't know if he's an early third, and I don't. I mm-hmm. feel like you like Palmer more than Scott and Reed. Where I'm, more I know, but I know those guys better. You know, I, I know, I know Palmer better than the other two. So it's not, it's not a comparison with those other two for me. It's a comparison of where players with these traits typically go and succeed in the NFL, and it's higher than ninety. Mm-hmm. That that's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying okay, I'd rather have him over this guy. I'm just giving you an evaluation on Trey Palmer from what I've seen based on what I know through the past. And he will outperform a 90 is my opinion, especially on this team where they could, you know, where he could come in and be a a wide receiver three slash four and ease into it. And then you can use his, you can use his weaponry. But again, well, we've got a fast guy. You got a track guy on your team, Nick. You don't have a, Trey Palmer is a wide receiver who runs a four, Mm -hmm. three, three not a track guy who you're putting out there and is a one trick pony. He's, he's a wide receiver. He's, he's, I, I, I like Trey Palmer, Gary, and I like, I like Gary coming in orange. So appreciate you, sir. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Gary uh, got Michael Ronquillo also saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you Buck for the East stars, Michael. Michael. God bless, man. We love it. Uh, DJ Capo coming in. Good morning. I think we should get a tight end and running back in the draft. After the draft, get DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see about DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what's going to happen with him. There's been some Kansas City buzz there, unfortunately. I don't know if the Broncos are going to be trading for a wide receiver, but uh, we'll see. Anything's possible. Keith Brugman coming in and saying Tank Bigsby or Abanacana. I like Tank Bigsby more. Auburn running back a little bit more. Packs a punch. I think uh, Abanacana is a good vision player, but I don't think he does anything exceptionally well. I think Bigsby was carrying a pretty terrible uh, infrastructure there at Auburn the last few seasons. Uh, had a really good uh, rookie season. I think it was a couple years ago. Players at the Combine were asking, who's the toughest player to tackle this last year you played? And everybody was saying Tank's big, Tank Bigsby. He might have been the guy, SEC. guy with the name Tank. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> runs tough. Uh, he might have been the SEC Rookie of the Year or uh, Freshman of the Year when he first came out too. So uh, I like Tank Bigsby. I think he's been on a pretty bad uh, Auburn team and uh, been running back to dependent position, and he has uh, not had dependables around him. So give me Tank Bigsby. 
if my teams weren't dysfunctional, I just wouldn't have teams. Yeah. So between Auburn and Chelsea and Chelsea, uh, they're all they're all basket cases. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Zach Powers. Morning, morning. Good to see you, Zach. Uh, we also got Donald uh, Wilson coming in here. Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we have our guy Dan Wilkett saying morning, MHH. Hope all is well. All is pretty well. William Hall in the house saying let's go Broncos country. Good to see you. And also we got Austin H saying I'm interested in, in seeing Darnold in that offense. Like he's going to have untapped potential. He's talking about it at San Francisco. So obviously San Francisco has Sam Darnold. He'd be interested in with Kyle Shanahan. I know that Scott's a big detractor of Darnold and been proven right on that one so far. But that will be interesting with San Francisco. And they have Brock Purdy as well, who's coming off a serious injury. But will be fun. And Jeremy asking, Zach Charbonnet or Bigsby? I like Charbonnet more than I like Bigsby. Um, but uh, Bigsby's a good player as well. Bigsby's one of those ones that if he's there around four and the Broncos take him, I'd be ecstatic. Um, I would have, who would I have over Bigsby? Obviously the big two in this upcoming draft. in Robinson and Gibbs. I'd have Charbonnet over him. I'd have A-Chain over him. And I'd have uh, Roshan Johnson. But after that, uh, I think Bigsby would be my, my next running back. So let's see. You said a change in Spears. Yeah. So if you go to NFL mock draft database, Bigsby is one, two, three, four, five, six. And I know you wouldn't take Spears ahead of him because the knee is yeah because of the the injury concerns. Uh, Chase Brown could be in that conversation. Kenny McIntosh could be in that conversation. He's just a little, a little bit smaller. He's a different Mm -hmm. type of back. Um, Kenny McIntosh is a slot receiver playing running back. Yeah. Will be uh, fun to see. Broncos definitely looking to bring in another running back. Still, Kathy, come. He's bigger, Chris. I mean, he is. He's six foot two hundred five. He just I, maybe it's that single digit number that throws me off on Macintosh. You know, oh, he yeah. just looks. He looks. He's five ten one eighty when he's yeah, out he, there playing. He's he's bigger than I give him credit for. That's for sure. But he just and that's a good thing. You mm-hmm. know, if you can move and catch and run like a slot receiver and be two hundred and five pounds, you're mm-hmm. uh, you become real interesting. Yeah, without a doubt. We got Kathy coming in saying, hello, Nick and Scott. Glad to catch you live again. Glad to have you catch us live. Hope you're doing well. Hope everything after your uh, medical stuff is uh, on the up and up. We got Carol coming in here saying, um, oh, we got uh, Michael saying, I'd like to send thoughts and prayers to Justin and the family for the loss of the father. Didn't see that, but uh, thoughts and prayers for Simmons and his family. It's definitely tough. Carol saying, are we ignoring defense with Sean Payton? We need to go get a good quarterback seeker after losing Chubb and my all-time favorite Von Miller, or am I missing something? Broncos, if the Broncos had the fifth overall pick in this draft and we'd be talking a lot of quarterback, but we'd also be talking a lot of edge rusher. The issue is that where the Broncos are picking, not a sure thing at that edge spot. And they have options at the room. I don't see them having a superstar player. I mean, Randy Gregory has superstar traits, honestly, but he's just so uh, perennially unavailable. Uh, But uh, definitely an edge rusher is on the table for the Broncos. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. Again, the premium positions are hard to get in the third. Mm-hmm. And you went and got Zach Allen. That's definitely not ignoring um, no. the, the defensive side of the ball. But when you're looking at this team last year, you felt okay about the defense. If the defense takes a slight step back, you're still, you still have a pretty good defense. The offense needed to take massive leaps forward to get to be a bad offense. It, it was awful. It would have to improve to get to be bad. So, when you're talking about where do I want to put my resources now, because you can't fix everything in one offseason, they, they, they've they chosen the right direction while still going out and getting a replacement for Draymond Jones and pouring some of the resources into the offensive lines, which have been a disaster since I've been covering this team. This is my third offseason now. Yeah. it's uh, Hopefully the offensive line is better. We'll see what happens. Uh, I News on the offensive line, a guy that I kept saying, hey, the Broncos maybe should turn around and sign this guy. Uh, Connor McGovern just re-signed with the Jets this morning. I just got a, t- a tweet notification. So there's an option that was uh, on the table for the Broncos. That's off, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see what happens with center. Maybe it's going to be Lloyd Cushenberry. At least you've kind of protected some things around him uh, to maybe bring out a little bit of better value from him. Uh, we got Col- Colin. Colin has a, has a good question. How can anybody watch enough film to form opinions on all these players? He says, I don't, I don't know how they find the time. If that's all you do year round, it's it's actually there's more time than you would think. Um, you know, there's and especially once you start doing it, Colin. If I'm watching Georgia, I watch a Georgia and Alabama game. I'm seeing not just this year, but I'm seeing next year's guys. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about Jalen Carter, but I've also now formed a, a slight opinion on their freshmen that are coming up. So it's kind of osmosis as you start watching these guys, and frankly when I was doing high school football recruiting, I led a team that covered 
3,000 players between NFL, I mean, between uh, junior colleges and high school guys. And that's all we did year round. Mm-hmm. And I was always kind of uncomfortable with like, oh, recruiting expert, Scott Kennedy. I'm like, I don't like that phrase expert. And then I'd start talking about it and they'd ask me questions. I'm talking to somebody in Colorado about players that the the Colorado, uh, the, the buffs are looking. I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of am an expert on this stuff. And then once you're out of it, you realize how much work actually went into it. When you're in mm-hmm. it, it's just what you do. And you, it just keeps coming. It just keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. Jumping in in the beginning is incredibly intimidating. Um, and I don't do it full time. So like just now when Nick and I were talking about Palmer versus Reed, and I'll tell you flat out, I haven't watched those guys. I, I don't consider myself a draft expert. I consider myself a good evaluator of talent. But if I haven't seen them, I haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, if this is what you're doing full time, Colin, to come up with 300 guys that are draft picks, you need to scout about 500. It's it's actually not as hard as you might think when you're doing it full time. Yeah, doesn't mean Jeremy, everybody's good at it, but there is time to do it. And Jeremy gives us a list of half the receivers in uh, the draft, uh, asking us to rank them. Uh, I'll just pick out a few here that I really like personally. Um, I really like Mims as a uh, Z slash slot down the field ability to make catches above the rim. Same with uh, Reed. I think Reed is very underrated. If you're looking to add somebody who can bring some re- receiving talent, uh, Tillman might be my favorite X in this class. I don't think he's very dynamic with the ball in his hands, uh, not very sudden or anything, but if you want a guy, you can, you know, toss it up and go get it. I think his like catch rate was unbelievable uh, out there at Tennessee the last couple seasons played with a high ankle sprain this last year. Um, I'll leave uh, Mingo and Palmer for uh Scott to talk about. And the final one I wanted to get into a uh, Charlie Jones killed it at Purdue this year. He was really good at Iowa the year before. He's an awesome returner, a uh, solid athlete. I think he's somebody is like your wide receiver four or five in the room could be a really good option uh, for a number of teams. So, I mean, you're talking about totally different body types here um, for a lot of these guys. The one on this list that is, I think Scott's higher on than me. I'm just not in on him. And it's probably because I have a bias against these, this type. Uh, is Tank Dell. Um, he is small and he's not fast. He's quick. He can get open underneath really, uh, really quickly, but uh, he's not a very good blocker because he is so small. He doesn't offer much of a vertical threat. I need you to bring something a little bit more than that if you're going to be that small uh, person. I'm, I'm not as in on the tiny Wes Welker, Cole Beasley uh, slot receivers in today's NFL. No, middle rounds for Tank Dell for me. Yeah. Middle rounds. Um, and, and again, what does he bring? He's a He's a pure slot you know, return man. He's a, and he, he brings some swagger out there. Um, but no, I, I'm not, I, I'm a, I'm much more biased towards the bigger guys. Yeah. I am tank yeah. Dell had a great senior bowl, good route runner, but it's not full pads. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I told you the story one time. There's a kid out of John, I think it's John Curtis Christian out of Louisiana. And I can't remember his name, but he was like the number one player in the country and goes to uh USC freshman there and, and he didn't look like just a good USC and this was when USC was loaded he looked like the best player on the field as a freshman while they're in mm-hmm. shorts and t-shirts first day they go to pads Brian Cushing turned he looked like a hammer I swear to god it looked like a an animation uh running back I can never remember his name I think he ended up playing for the Jets for like a year like blocks down to take it and Cushing just boom right on top of his head never heard from the guy again it was it over it's like yeah once the pads come on you got to have some size and strength on there. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Mingo. Guys that are 220 pounds running four four fives that can catch and move in the open field. Yeah, really like him a lot. And uh, and Keith, Keith says that Falcon shirt is killing me. It dropped into the 40s this morning, and I was like, "What can I put on? What can I put on?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, we're doing a Falcon shirt today. I guess I'll put on." This is the first time I've ever made this mistake. Ever. <laughs> I don't usually even wear anything with a logo on it on the shows. Um, so yeah, it's killing me too, man. I, I agree with you. Usually it's straight Chelsea and I didn't grab a Chelsea sweatshirt. I should have. Well, let's get into Apologies. this. Uh, da- it's it's okay, Scott. I forgive you. I wear Hawkeye stuff all the time and we're not covering the Hawks. So that's okay. Um, I had a chance to sit down and ask Dane Brugler of the athletics, some questions, uh, reached out to him back in like February saying, Hey, not a lot of Broncos draft coverage out there. Do you have a chance? Would you like to come on the show, do an interview or answer some questions? Like I got to get the beast out. I'm only sleeping, you know, three hours a night um, right now because I'm working on this uh, prospect article of like 10,000 guys. And it's un- unbelievable. If you have a chance to check out the athletic, there's not a better um, com- compilation of draft information than Dane Brugler's beast. He also did a seven round mock as well. So Dane, very uh, appreciative that he reached back out to me and said, Hey, I'd like to answer those questions now. And I had a chance to, maybe I 
leaned in on his goodwill a little bit because instead of asking him four short ones, I asked him six longer questions and he gave me some longer responses. Uh, but the first one here I ask him about, everybody's curious for the Broncos. Uh, asking about the offensive line. Says, uh, Sean, given Sean Payton's lineage as a Bill Parcells coaching disciple, it's not surprising. His first offseason in Denver has been very trench-oriented. Who are a few offensive linemen to help further bolster the offensive line that Denver could target at pick 67 and 68? And Brugler says, I expect we'll see double-digit offensive linemen drafted in the top 60 picks. Honestly, I think the position drops off pretty quickly after the first two rounds, especially at offensive tackle. There are a handful of offensive linemen expected to be drafted in the third-round range. that might make some sense for Denver. Uh, he mentions uh, Old Dominion's Nick Saldaveri, right tackle in college, and teams are split about whether he's a guard or tackle. Only has average traits, but does a great job losing slowly with uh, efficiency at the position as a blocker, so good technique guy. He also mentions uh, Alabama's Tyler Steen uh, is well-liked, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the third round. He also mentions interior linemen from LSU, who we've talked about, Anthony Bradford, who's massive at six foot four, 332 pounds and long arms, still young and needs some time to develop, but could be a great uh, uh, power scheme guard in the NFL. So what's your big takeaway there from uh, Dame Brugler's answer, uh, Scott, there mentioning that the offensive line drops off a lot, he thinks, at least after the first two rounds. It, it helps explain why you dropped about $150 million in free agency on two offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, the lack, the lack of available options for you in the draft to come in and, and help your offensive line right away means I need guys that can come in and play right away. And I went out and got, I wasn't expecting it at guard, Nick. I wasn't expecting that kind of money being thrown at guard. I was mm-hmm. expecting it at right tackle. So to me, it says we need to shore up this offensive line and we're going to do it for agency because we can't count on doing it in the draft. Yeah. It's uh, the names that he listed to are ones that we've talked about. I think we have not talked very much about Tyler Steen, honestly. And I think he's you're, somebody you're correct. Who, we have not. Um, he, he was at the senior bowl and was just kind of meh. He was, he was, he was okay. Um, but he wasn't somebody that jumped out at me as a, he, he just, he didn't do a whole lot while he was there. Uh, decent athletic number, six, six, three twenty, uh, 32 and a half inch arms, which is going to make you say guard. Mm-hmm. Um, four, five, nine shuttle, which is really good. And a 29 and a half, um, vertical jump, which is okay. Not great. It's, it's, it's about middle of the pack for an offensive lineman, but he was, he was okay at senior ball. Yeah. And I think his tape is okay as well at Alabama. Uh, I think if the Broncos took him at 67, 68, I would get it, especially if they had not just paid all that money, uh, for a left guard. But now that they're sitting there. They really need a center, and I just don't know what's going to happen. We'll have a chance to talk a little bit of center as well. But the offensive tackle spot here, did want to give a shout-out to uh, the guy he mentioned here in, uh, again, coming back to Old Dominions, Nick Saldaveri. Uh, I think it was last Wednesday we did a mock draft covering the Broncos, and I took Nick Saldaveri in the fourth round, and PFF gave me a D- minus uh, for the pick or something like that. But uh, he's climbing up boards. Uh, I think that he is going to end up being a round three pick somebody out there. He's got some positional versatility. I also think he's been working on snapping the football. Uh, didn't have overwhelming, incredible traits, but he's like one of those body types that you could see him literally playing any spot on the offensive line and a very technical player, which to me exactly. means that he has a good, uh, good ceiling as well uh, for that position. So somebody that he's, I like, he's a lot. steady. He's he, he didn't, he's not going to do anything. That's going to wow you good or bad, which I'm okay mm-hmm. with that at offensive line. Six, six, three, 18, 33 and change on his on his arms, 469 shuttle, 31 inch. So he what he needs to do is go out there and grab a basketball and do some big old dunks, bringing the thing down, and people go, Oh, yeah, I want that guy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I actually advise that with some prospects for us to so go out and just throw an Instagram video of you got of out there just dunking a basketball. And uh, he's he's a good enough athlete at 6'6, 30 plus inch vertical. And he was solid at the senior bowl. And Donald Willison coming in here. Coming in here uh, solid for us as well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you coming in green with that super chat. Helps keep the lights on and uh, might get me some new threads. Yeah. Thank you so much, Donald. You've been a newer um, contributor to the show, but uh, you've definitely made your presence known. So I hope you're doing well. He's still having a problem with the phone and donating. Anyway, well, thanks, so thanks, Donald. Uh, yeah, hopefully you didn't effort, do that. For sure. Hopefully that wasn't an accident. Um, no refunds, no. Uh, anyway, moving <laughs> forward. <laughs> Coming back, uh, the next question, talking about center here. Obviously, very offensive line oriented this offseason with the Broncos and keeping the questions here for Dane, offensive oriented. Uh, I asked him, I said, on the offense right now, one could argue the biggest hole remaining on the roster is that of the center position. Uh, while center of proper value might not make it to Denver when Denver's on the clock, is there a center that could fall within range for a slight trade up? Uh, would you deem any center in this class class worthy trading up for? 
Uh, Dane says Minnesota's John Michael Schmitz has a lot of third and fourth round grades around the league, but because it isn't a great group of centers in the top 100 picks, wouldn't be surprising at all if Schmitz goes as high as the top 50. It is possible the Broncos could stay at 67 and get him, but it seems more likely he goes in the first two rounds and would require a trade up. Uh, Schmitz went 57 overall in my seven round mock after Wisconsin's Joe Tipman uh, and Schmitz. Uh, and we'll see if the center is drafted on after Schmitz and Tipman. We'll see if the center is drafted day two. There are split opinions on players like Luke Weipler, uh, Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas, and Juice Scruggs from Penn State. Any of these three could sneak in the top 100, but I wouldn't take them there. A uh, player that could be some interest is uh, North Dakota State's Cody Mock. Didn't play center in college, but wouldn't be surprising if it turns out to be the best in this class. Superior athlete at the position with toughness and smarts to help at multiple positions. Versatility is key with Mock. Uh, so listen, a bunch of different guys here. Obviously, every single one we've talked about before. I, we haven't talked super a lot about Stromberg or Scruggs. I think last week somebody asked about day three center options, and I said my guy here would be Stromberg, and you mentioned Emil Echior is your guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not a great center class, and uh, it's unfortunate for the Broncos. And the way that Brugler talks about it, I know that we need a center, but I'm of the opinion I don't think you trade up for one uh, if possible. I don't know if it's worth – the juice is worth the squeeze. But, and typically speaking, it's never a great center class. You know, there might be one or two guys, but you never think, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, there's 10 centers in this class because, frankly, the best offensive linemen don't get moved to center. They're yeah. playing tackle. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of a – I hate to say it since my son's a goalie, but it's like, okay, he, he ain't worth a damn in the field. Let's put him in goal because he's got to play. That's kind of how end, people end up being centers, honestly. Now, there's great ones that are out there, of course, but it's not a coveted position by players where, oh, yeah, I want to play center. No, no, no. I want to I, I, I want to play offensive tackle. It's, it's, it's at least somewhat glamorous on the offensive line. So, if you can find the guy with the traits, the attitude, the athleticism, the strength and power, and then you can still get an improvement on the line, even if you don't think it's a great center class. It's man, it's never a great center class. Yeah, I like last year's options, um, the top two with Cam Jorgens and uh, Tyler Linderbaum, but uh, this year it's just. I think that I've talked with Brugler a few, you know, DMs about the class and whatnot throughout the year, and he's been of the opinion that it's been a poor center class for. A while in comparison to and, league. And where did Lindebaum go? 20th? You're not getting him at 67. No, of course not. <laughs> you know, and, but when I consider a great class, isn't do I have two at the top that are worth top 50s? It's who do I, who can I get at seven? To me, a great class. And that's the, that's the thing that the, the, they make that mistake all the time when we're talking about the draft is they judge it by the top, the top of the heap, the top 10%. That's where it's judged. Man, your team is built from 25 on. So don't tell me about, okay, well, the number one guy, and we're going to hear this next year about what a great draft class it is. And it might be, but it's going to be because of the top five picks, what yeah. goes beyond those picks is going to what, what is to me, what depth is more important than, than top of the heap when I'm talking about strength of a class. Yeah. So in that note, it's never a great center class. There's no, oh, yeah, the number eight center in this class is really awesome. You don't, you don't hear that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can find one, you know, you should be set for 10 years. It's just, it's not a flashy position. Yeah, it's not. And I just want to give a second to talk a little bit of Stromberg, just because I think the body type and the versatility is one that makes some sense. The Broncos round four specifically, um, six, three to 310 pounds at the, uh, the combine. He's not one of these tiny centers that I think the Broncos looking for more of a power based run scheme. The small body types are not as a uh, once they want also he has 33 and a half arm length on his pro day measurement didn't test exceptionally well but i mean for the center especially if you're not playing outside zone a bunch uh, i don't know how important that is but he's played uh, i think it was 44 games on the offensive line played right guard and center and left guard uh first team all sec this last year and plays really tough uh smart player as well uh limited athletes limited upside in my opinion but stromberg is somebody that uh if the broncos miss out on those first two three centers i would be a big fan of him uh, round four, and I think you could really push Cushenberry for that starting spot. Versatile. Oh, and to kind of to kind of illustrate my point on this, how many tackles players listed at tackle were invited to the combine? I don't want to make you wait because it, it takes too long. But the answer is twenty five. There were okay. Well, there's twice as many tackles. Yeah, there are, but there's seventeen guards, and there were nine centers. Man. Interior linemen. There were as many centers and guards as tackles. 
People mm-hmm. are more interested in the bigger, harder to find athletic players. Those guys play tackle. So again, just kind of my point is Man. it's never a great center class. That doesn't mean you can't find one. Yep. And that was a big reason I wanted to pay Connor McGovern <laughs> to bring him back into Denver and just solidify that. Still position. can. But, He's out there. Uh, he just got signed. Talk oh, about did he? It. Okay. I thought we were talking okay. last night. So did that, ha- that he hadn't been signed. So he just signed this morning, but okay. he re-signed with the jets. So, uh, good unfortunately, yeah, good for him. But, uh, one less option for the Broncos, unfortunately. Jeremy Sean Sanders Schmitz is there at 6 a.m. calling it, but I doubt it'll be there. You never know uh, without that. Uh, we also got Amy Alice coming in here saying, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Amy. Uh, we got uh, Jeremy all saying, I'm all about Bergeron at 67, 68 if he's there. I love Matthew Bergeron. Um, I can think he's going to be one of the probably the better players in this class. I think he's probably going to go in the top 50. Uh, he could play guard. He could play tackle. Um, good athlete, kind of a boxy. He has like... A boxy frame, so he looks a little bit more like a guard, but I thought the tackle reps were good enough from him. I think he can play either scheme as well. Um, really caught my eye last year watching Sean Tucker. Everybody's like, you got to check out this Syracuse running back. Well, where's my eye go when I'm watching running back? The offensive line. I noticed that left tackle was beating some people up. Now, he did struggle against Miles Murphy, I think it was. The Syracuse game, Miles Murphy took his lunch pretty early a few times, uh, but that's going to happen against some freaks. So some of those longer athletic freaks, some concerns about Bergeron, but really do like Bergeron. Uh, there for the Broncos if he's there 67 68 don't think that'll happen but uh moving on here we gotta ask uh, ask Dane the next question here opposite side of the ball the Broncos could further look to bolster their defensive front any defensive tackler edge rushers the Broncos could keep an eye on that could go early round three to help add along the defensive line and he mentions uh Florida's Gervon Dexter six foot six 310 pound athlete with a high ceiling also mentions Baylor's Siaka Ika uh, who's a nose tackle 6'3", 335 pounds, and a guy that we spent a lot of time talking about last Thursday, uh, Scott, in uh, Zach Pickens, former five-star who can be interchangeable tackle in the Broncos front, can play three technique, can play one technique. Um, that's Those are three names that all make sense to me. I really like Zach Pickens out of that group personally, but could any of them could make sense. At Edge, uh, he mentions a guy that we've talked about a lot on here, and that's Zach Harrison, six foot six, two 275 pounds with crazy length and speed. Linear rusher, doesn't have great bend, but it's somebody who could be a good rotational player. Then also mentions uh, Byron Young, and he has a. We talked about Byron Young last week, Scott, because of the Mel Kiper Todd McShay draft. Uh, he says about Byron Young, he has some issues versus the run, but if you're looking for an explosive option, he is your guy. And that's kind of funny, given your thoughts on Byron Young uh, based on the Senior Bowl, where you're like, he's not very, doesn't look explosive, totally explosive, but you know, really arrives with some power and some uh, yeah. tenacity as an edge. He doesn't center. play like a four-five guy at two sixty. No. He plays like a two sixty guy at four eight, whose job is to hold down the run. He just, I didn't see that explosion on him, and and, and some of that can be technique, but it's, I want to know why. You know, why mm-hmm. are you not getting a better jump off the line? Why are you not using your hands better? Why are you not showing up like a two hundred sixty pound four-five guy? Because he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the way he tests, you know. And, and some of that is you. Know, I'd like to have 10 forties on him, you know, are all of them in the four five, five range, you know, or was that an outlier? Um, Cause he doesn't play. He doesn't play with that type of explosion. Um, but again, third round for me would be too high on him later on. Okay. Again, you're, you're looking for traits and he, he, like I said, he'd be a better edge setter than Nick Benito early yeah. off. Um, might make you be able to move Jonathan Cooper for something. So, We'll see. But for third round for me, that'd be too high for, uh, for, for Byron Young, Tennessee's Byron Young. Yeah, I agree with you. The other thing is that he's exceedingly old. I think he's going to be 25, 26 years old over the next coming season. So and old. For I mean, for, uh, I know what uh, you mean. I'm teasing <laughs> for an edge rusher. Uh, that's a, an unfortunate age, especially when you're looking for 21, 22 year old, uh, types in that, uh, Man, so creepy to even just like put the words out of context. That would sound horrible. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the, some a factor that may cause him to slip a little bit mentioned uh, Zach Harrison as well. Obviously we're big Zach Harrison fans. I've had some conversations with some people about Zach Harrison. Oh, he's a four, three defensive end, but with how multiple t- fronts are these days, you need different body types out there that play different roles. I mean, everybody's playing a little bit of everything uh, out there with their personnel and the Broncos right now. The only body type is the far as the, the big edge setting uh, type that they have is, Zach Allen, honestly, if he's going to play some seven technique out there. So you'd find a role for him. There's, you need a lot of different types out there. It's the classic static, you know, four, three versus three, four have become so blurred uh, that you need different types. And you're talking about, about Zach Pickens, right? Zach Harrison. 
Oh, Zach Harrison. Okay. I was like, Zach Pickens is almost six, four, 300 pounds. <laughs> no, he's an any scheme de- interior defensive lineman. I was talking to Zach Harrison, yeah, Zach Harrison's six, five and a half two seventy five. You know what that can, if he's playing at 280, 285 in a year and a half, you know what a three, four end becomes on a four, three and at third and eight, an interior lineman, an interior mm-hmm. pass rusher. So again, you can talk about he's a tweener. You can use that as a benefit or you can hold it against him. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can scheme around. Okay, so he might not be quick enough all the time out at edge. Okay, well, I also know that I don't, he's got his size, he's got his end taken care of in running situations. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, he might not be big enough to hold up against a run on third and one. Okay, well, don't put him in the middle of the defense on third and one. Let's put him in the middle of the defense on third and eight. Yep. You know, yeah. so big and fast plays. I can find a way to use him. Yeah, especially if you're trying to play a little bit more pocket contain over multiple gaps when uh, you're playing that more sign of uh, the pocket crunching on Patrick Mahomes, not letting him escape. Somebody with Zach Harrison's wingspan and skill set, even though sometimes he has some issues finishing plays, is going to be somebody who can at least keep uh, Mahomes contained on that, on those back end boots or when he tries to squeeze out uh, from the pocket on a breakdown play. So He's I like these seven foot two wingspan. He can play tackle and edge at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. He's got the yeah. line covered. He's got tackle to tackle covered by himself. And he never lived up to the massive hype that he had coming out as a recruit, but still the athletic traits are there. And he's somebody that if you, t- because of the depth of this edge class this season, I think most years you see him go probably mid-second. Also the fact that he had a hamstring injury and didn't run the 40, we didn't get to see that athleticism out there at the verified athleticism at the combine. Obviously, the hamstring brings up a different conversation, but uh, he's somebody that I've been a big fan of for the Broncos here at this spot for a bit. And if the Broncos take him there, you're investing in a height, weight, speed guy on the defensive line who's going to be a rotational player and should help you across the line. Um, you guys can just go back to last Thursday, though, if you want to hear the Zach Pickens uh, conversation. I had a chance to talk about him for about 10 minutes, um, ranting and raving about how much I really do like him uh, from South Carolina. He had incredible jumps, too, and I think that is probably the most important. The 10-yard split and the jumps are probably the most important stats for your defensive lineman there. And he was like one of the best out there uh, for the jumps. And he's like significantly heavier than the other guys who were in the same range uh, for yeah, his he had a verticals. 30 and a half, um, which is pretty close to being. So the only one I see higher than that one was Jalen Redman at 291, mm-hmm. had 34 and a half inch. And then uh, that was it. That was, and then number three, uh, Moro Ajomo. Mm-hmm. Six two and a half two ninety two went thirty three inches on the uh, on the vertical. So yeah, Pickens jumped out of the gym, crazy length as well. I absolutely love the uh, the profile that he has. Uh, one technique, three technique, even four eye. So if the Broncos ended up taking Zach Pickens there at uh, early third round, I'd not be against it uh, any by any means. And we have Joseph coming in here. Was Drake Jackson last year similar to Harrison, or was he more polished? Drake Jackson was a lot more of a fluid finesse pass rusher with a bend at the edge with good length, but a smaller body type Whereas Zach Harrison is more of that bull up front. Who's looking to jar uh, stack and shed guys at the edge. I'm trying to think of somebody. I would, th- I think that Zach Harrison's a lot more similar to a uh, Zach played some edge and then was kicked inside in some packages. Yeah. All you say is USC. And I start thinking, you know, finesse <laughs> West coast. I know that's not fair. That's a, that's a bad stereotype, but how do you think they become stereotypes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I mean, they happen over and over again. Although you did mention earlier about uh, Brian Cushing and he is, uh, was far from finesse. He was out from there. New Jersey. Okay. But I meant like playing at USC, <laughs> you know, he was from New Jersey. Yeah. Then Ray Maluka. I mean, that was a, Heck of a team. Who was the other one? Clay Matthews, obviously. Yeah, man. Clay what Matthews a- was a walk-on. And his his brother worked in the media sector with us. And that was before Clay Matthews broke out. So we had a I, I covered their their fall camp one year. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was out there for you know two straight weeks. And I, his name's Brian. I'm pretty sure it's Brian. I was like, Brian, Clay's the best guy out here. He's like, thanks. I appreciate that. And that was before he really had his breakout season, and you could see it coming in in practices. You know, you had Cushing and 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 Malug out there, and I was like, "That's the guy. Is this guy that no the, the walk on that people aren't talking about?" And he he did. He lived up to that. Um, but you could see it coming if you were there yeah. if you were there early. Yeah, he's God. What a team that was out there at USC. I remember the uh, having Sports Illustrated with all three of them on the cover. Uh, we have uh, another question here um, from Dane, or another answer from Dane. I asked him about the Broncos being one injury away from abject disaster at boundary cornerback. Uh, 
best player on the team, obviously, is Patrick Sertan the second, but opposite him is just Damari Mathis right now with questionable depth behind him. Any third round of cornerbacks that uh, might be worth it for them? And he mentions a name that we haven't talked about too much on here, Scott, but uh, he's always somebody that when we're doing the mock draft simulators is an option. And that is Miami's Tyreek Stevenson. Does he fall to the third? Thinks he's a natural fit as a number two cornerback who can play some man, but that may be too good to be true if he falls there. He also mentioned Syracuse's Garrett Williams as an interesting case because he'd likely be a top 60 pick, if not for the ACL injury. Uh, he might have a discount on him because of that, and would the Broncos take a chance? Uh, he's also mentions a guy that we've talked about here recently, uh, Corey Trice in the third round. Says not too many six foot three, two hundred and ten pound corners with four four speed and short elite area quickness. Deep cornerback class, so there might be a few options there even in the fourth round. No, so, I, uh, I like the idea of cornerback with one of those picks because you look at the depth. Now we talk about you know it's never a great center class. Mm-hmm. If I, if I go over to NFL Mock Draft Database and I start looking from 58 to where you mentioned um, Corey Trice, he's at 125. There are, and I won't name all of them, you can look them up yourself, but there's there's 10 guys there. Mm-hmm. there and there's a lot of really good players in there. You know, uh, Darius Rush is in that group, the corner from, from uh, South Carolina. Um, Caillou Blue Kelly, I like him as a technician, could be a could do a bunch of different things for you. He's a number one, but in the third round can come in and help your team out. So there's a lot of good options. They seem to be a corner mm-hmm. at that, in that range. So that could absolutely be a spot you're looking with at the top of the third round. Yeah, without a doubt. Now he mentions Tyreek Stevenson here. We talked a little bit of Tyreek Stevenson because um, he was at the senior bowl. Any impressions on him? I know that the Wide receiver talent wasn't incredible, and the quarterback talent wasn't incredible, so you didn't really see the cornerbacks get tested too much. But I've seen some Tyreek Stevenson, you know, top 50 hype out there. Specifically, uh, he's been listed as one of the few that might be able to hold up in man coverage, and we know that man coverage cornerbacks are extremely valuable in today's NFL. So any thoughts on Tyreek Stevenson? He wasn't one that we really hyped up too much um, just from standing out at the Senior Bowl, uh, but I know that he does have a lot of fans in the league, and he does have some very intriguing tape. I think for some reason he was kind of overshadowed while he was there. There were other guys I was talking and, and Darius Rush was so good um, that he was the guy that I kept kind of coming to. But And I'm, I'm kind of stalling a little bit because I do have video on him and was going to bring it up here real quick. Good play on the ball. He looks long, uh, a little bit short, but like the good wingspan there. A little high cut, could have added some base. Yeah, no, I mean, nice flip of the hips. And then you see, you know, he's he has good, I wouldn't say recovery speed, but because that was keep-up speed with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at cornerback coming in, he he measured at the, the NFL Combine, but he I, I had plenty of video on him that he was good. Um, that he came in six foot 198, 32 and a half inch arms, four, four, five, 40, and almost a 40-inch vertical leap with a 709 L cone. So the measurables are there. And again, it can be tough to get a good look at all these guys because maybe they're not challenging them that often in practice. So the one-on-ones show up well. But yeah, Tyreek Stevenson, I know that's a guy. I think that's a guy that Eric and Lance have talked about a lot on DVDD. Here he is with Mingo. Um, Mingo's playing his good version of linebacker there. And I guess I was a little worried for Tyreek. And unfortunately, that is his last clip. That might not have been a coincidence when he grabbed yeah. his knee. That's that the last clip I had on him. Um, but he's really good player. Like I said, there's really good options at corner that should be available when you're picking at 67. You would think now, I guess there's a reality out there where we keep talking about how much this, uh, wide receiver group is not very good compared to most years of the NFL, especially has been saying that the wide receiver group is bad. Maybe you see a crazy run on cornerbacks where wide receiver pushes somebody else down. Yeah, I, you know, I that, that's the thing is you, you don't need ju- you don't you're not coming out there saying, oh, we don't get a quarter. We're screwed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a zero sum for everybody that comes up. And this people never understood about rankings. I want all my guys ranked higher, but nobody ranked lower. Well, it doesn't work that way. No, no. Um, I can't I can't rank 50 guys in the top 25. So if, if those guys get a run, OK, we'll take advantage of it. And maybe John Michael Schmitz drops down to you and, or, you know, somebody that you like at a different position. Maybe one of those edge rushers that you didn't think was going to be available is. So it's it's a good class of corners, and if they're not there, somebody else will be. It just might not be the cornerback. Yep. 
Final question here. I asked another one about, I had six questions. This is the fifth one. He also plugged his uh, mock draft saying he had the Broncos going A-chain and uh, Zach Harrison at 67-68. But I asked him about the depth of the quarterback class here, about the long-term future of the Broncos there. And he said that he loves the day three class of quarterbacks this year. If you're looking for backups, uh, someone who will be an asset to the quarterback room will help you win games if the starter goes down. A uh, guy that he's been high on for a bit is Fresno State's Jake Hayner. He also mentions Purdue's Aiden O'Connell, BYU's Jaron Hall, and Houston's Clayton Toon. All profiles, dependable backups in the NFL. Uh, he's saying, though, on the flip side, if you're looking for somebody as a de- developmental starter in the third round, he mentions, or day three, he mentions Tanner McKee. Um, he says he's more of a Mike Glennon type, but should be could be an interesting player. Also, uh, Shepard's Tyson Badgent, an option in the later round. Uh, he's interesting player, played at Shepard, and uh, I think all-time leader in touchdown passes. So some players there for the Broncos uh, at the quarterback position. We'll see what happens. I think Jarrett Stidham might be your quarterback choice in this uh this upcoming cycle. So if you're looking for a backup, it's probably given the lack of picks the Broncos have, maybe it's just, you know, Jarrett Stidham at a priority free agent type. Yeah. I think you've got your backup. Do you get lucky if you take a flyer on a guy late? It happens. It so, you know, but that's what it would take. I'm not drafting a guy thinking he's going to, unless, unless it's Hendon Hooker and he's sitting there in the third for some reason <laughs> along those lines. But I don't, I don't think Hendon Hooker makes it past 45, 50 at the latest. Um, but Dan asked question, what day does Denver draft? Um, that's the, it'll start Friday night. Um, mm-hmm. but they're, they're watching in case they trade up. You never know. Um, but the, the draft starts Thursday. It'll be the first round. Then rounds two and three will be on Friday night and MHH will be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, MHH is here for you. One final mock draft Monday. Uh, it's already seven 30, but we got in here at like, you know, 10, 15 minutes later. So we'll run a uh, seven round mock draft here and then, Get on out of here. It is the uh, the final week, so we're going to be plenty busy um, and uh, hanging out with you guys. But Broncos obviously pick in the 67, 68, and 108. Those are the areas to target for difference makers after that. We'll see how it uh, plays out for the Broncos. Could go any which direction. Could go running back early. Tight end is a possibility. Well, um, they might even trade up. We haven't done much mocks with trades up, but uh, given Sean Payton's history, a trade up is very much uh, in the cards for the Broncos, something that could happen. So we'll see what happens here. Let's get this uh, running here. The Broncos will be picking 67 first, and uh, we're using the PFF simulator. We'll trade the 67th for the number one overall, and we'll hit force this trade, and that'll seem realistic. We want to rank up the crank up the randomness here. But yeah, we'll hit we'll hit start, and uh, you see the picks the Broncos have, 67, 68, 108, 139, and 195. So one, two, three, four top 150 picks, three in the top 108. Let me see who went at the top again. Interested to see. You got Bryce Young, then CJ Stroud, then Chris Gonzalez, number three overall. Will Levis, that could happen. Uh, Will Anderson, five. The Seahawks would be thrilled. Skaronsky to the Lions. Anthony Richardson, and then Jalen Carter. Very interesting at the top. Broncos are on the board at 67. And there's not a single player that we've talked about that's available. Um, there's, no, there's Darius, Darius Rush. Rush, corner. We talked about him. Tucker Craft at tight end. Marvin Mims. Some of the players that went just ahead. Jonathan Mingo, uh, wide receiver. Um, let me see here. There's Zach Bergeron. Charbonnet, 57. Tyreek Stevenson, 56. You know, we mentioned the options at corner. There was Corey Trice was available. Uh, so we said there's going to be some guys that are going to be available. There's Darius Rush. There's Corey Trice. Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Um, all these guys in the or in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, you should have pretty good options at corner if that's the direction you want to go. I really, really like uh, Jartavius Martin as well. We haven't talked about him very much, uh, but he is a super interesting player uh, that played box, slot, boundary, and deep post safety. Uh, talk about versatility. They did such a good job with Illinois out there. Um, so the one who stands out here for me, this is going to be me being biased. Um, but it's Sam Laporta. I think he's probably the highest rated player. I mean, he's 43 overall rank and you're talking about him going 67, 68, uh, Broncos right now have questions at uh, tight end mm-hmm. depth wise. He's somebody that I think could be a really good player. Maybe he's a little bit redundant to Greg Dulcich. I think they kind of profile similarly, uh, but Sam Laporta might be the best player available. Um, and again, you, you need a tight end. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you can count on uh, Okawebanam at all. Uh, the Broncos certainly didn't last year. You brought in Manhurts, and you've got Dulcich. Dulcich is kind of a hybrid playmaking tight end. Um, mm-hmm. You could use another flat-out I play tight end in this spot, and you get to take two picks. 
So yep. if we want to get a cornerback, if we want to go a different direction, we can. Lance asks, it's going to be great fun watching what happens. Are you live broadcasting during the draft? I'd love to get your instant reactions. So Nick and I will be on my channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy, uh, for picks one to 10 before he hops over to MHH. And then I'm pretty sure you're going to be on both day two and day three then. Yep. I'll so be the only part that Nick will not be on for the draft on this channel will be top the top 10 in the first round. And we will be, Nick and I will be on my channel for that. Otherwise, Nick Nick will be here. Yeah. So I think uh, we haven't done this yet, but Laporta is, I think, just too talented here to, to pass on. So let's go Laporta. The next one that stands out to me here, not Luke Weipler. I know that he's drafted pretty high. A-Chain is interesting here. That's who uh, Brugler had mocked to the Broncos. Could be a really fun player. Darius Rush really does stand out. Um, you still have Tucker Craft available as well. Marvin Mims we've talked about. There's Corey Trice, who's somebody that we're starting to see mocked up here um, with the Broncos. Is Zach Pickens still available? Uh, interior defensive line. Maybe he's uh maybe he's a little bit lower. Uh, he's one that I think PFF maybe has round four. He's BBID. Oh, yep. DL Zach Pickens, 95. I think if the Broncos end up going Zach Pickens at 68, it makes all the sense in the world. I'd have no issue with that. I think we'll go with Darius rush on this one. Uh, the other South Carolina player, but uh, I do just, I went back and watched some of the tape and I'm a sucker for long, explosive out of their stances, versatile interior Take defensive him. line. I mean, you can't go wrong getting a 300 pounder that can run and move like him. Okay. Let's go Zach Pickens. Then we'll yeah. see what happens with the cornerback spot. After that, we're going to get a bad grade. You'll have to plug in interior defensive lineman um, for this, I mean, but there, uh, there's corners available and there's not how many guys like Zach Pickens. You're going to have a shot at the rest of the way. You won't, you won't, uh, you, you won't, especially with the, the body types that you're talking about there. He's somebody I actually think projects as a really good uh, starting. Darius Rush went to the ne- the very next pick. Not totally surprising. They have him ranked pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the guys you went, you you looked over were Darius Rush, Devon A. Chain, Tucker Craft, three guys, and, and then a center. So the next four picks will be looked at by guys like me with a with a microscope. We'll be watching those because there you could have gone any one of those five picks in that spot and been pretty happy, I would think. Yeah, Tyler I mean, Scott, yeah. there. There's your wide receiver also. Derek Hall also, I mean, I forgot the Derek Hall was there. We've taken him a lot. So maybe he he's one of my favorite players in the draft with just the power that he uh, plays with. Um, fun one. There's Jatavius Martin. We talked about a lot there. Nick Saldaveri, somebody we talked about. A lot of good players. There goes Zach Harrison, middle of the round. Third round looks nice. George wasn't lying when he said the sweet spot was top of the third. Yeah, no doubt. There's Yaya, Yaya Diaby, Diaby sneaking into the top 100 now. Corey Trice. Right there, a little bit of a bummer that Corey Trice comes off there. I was hoping, you know, maybe somebody like Jatavius Martin would fall here. Uh, maybe one of those other guys, Carl Brooks there, Cam Mitchell, very underrated player from Northwestern. So a little bit unfortunate with the uh, the run on players there, but sometimes, you know, them's the breaks uh, for the Broncos. Man, so I uh, the corner now, and you still have some guys that are decent players that are available at corner later. Yeah, I. Hodges Tomlinson is just so small that I have a hard time taking him here. I, I honestly don't love the value of any of the cornerbacks there uh, where it's currently set up. Um, we already went tight end, so that's one that doesn't make a lot of sense for me. I really like Dorian Williams. Um, he's somebody who stands out there for the Broncos. We're looking at uh, potentially running back as well. It's going to be really biased of me, but maybe the best guy available here might be Riley Moss. <laughs> Round four, it could be a potential starting player. Um, Moss would be good. Yeah, Moss really stands out of the names that I've seen uh, scrolling through here so far. Um, the other one who really stands out is, uh, and let's go this way. I think he's somebody with a lot of tools who could develop into a starting tackle. And we're looking to invest in the position. This is definitely not a year one pick here, but we're looking for value of investment, offensive tackle, Wanya Morris here, uh, five tool guy tested really well. Um, I think he can play left tackle, can play right tackle, uh, somebody who might be really interesting for the Broncos uh, at that spot. So that's where we're looking there for the Broncos. Uh, now we're on the board here. We're looking offensive, uh, interior offensive line. We're looking cornerback. We're looking running back. Chase Brown does stand out here for me. Sydney Sow stands out here for me. Uh, Kentrell Clark stands out for me here a lot. Uh, anybody who you think here, Scott, where, where are we at? No, I like if you, if you're looking for Chase Brown to me is a very similar running back style to tank Bigsby um, can go between the tackles has a little bit of burst to him. Um, you're talking about getting him in the fifth. Mm-hmm. And you want to improve the room. He might be the best player still out there. There's um, a name here that, that we haven't gone complete. That aren't just complete. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for when they're way off the chart for never mind. 
outliers <laughs> that's the word Outlier. i'm looking for We're, aren't complete outliers on this on on pff's boards where they're like cheats so like okay they just forgot to rank this guy yeah he's uh he's interesting the player i want to go here and I, maybe this is just me being a little bit biased but a different body type i'm looking to get some butt kickers on the defensive line and somebody who tested pretty well for the position that uh, had really good stats is uh, Fahoko from San Diego State. Uh, we have not talked about him very much here, but uh, he's somebody who stands out here for me. Uh, six foot four, 275 pounds, 4740, 33-inch arm length. Uh, I think he had crazy stats um, for San Diego State this last year. A lot of pressures. Um, I'm a big fan. Oh, we also have Emil Ekior here. And he ain't going to last. He ain't going to last till the next pick at 195. Yeah, let's go Emil Ekior. We're, we're literally leaning into the offensive line here. Um, we totally have redone the room in one season, and I think that we'll be able to find a wide receiver or a uh, running back here that might make some sense for the Broncos. So we're looking here. We got quarterback. We mentioned Clay T- Clayton Toon as a name would be interesting. Can you go to wide receiver? And scroll down a little bit. Raheem Grant, Ronnie Bell's interesting. Love Demas coming out. He's had some injury issues. Did my guy Bryce Ford Wheaton already come off the board? He maybe he did. I thought he was a he used to be able to get him here round six. It looks like he might be gone now. Unfortunately, well, I moved it more to uh, average draft position. Okay, yeah, he tested that, like a almost freak. like a that's more of a consensus where the people are picking him because they're yep. looking at different places where it's just PFFs. And if PFF doesn't like a guy, you can kind of cheat the system and get the guy you want. Because you yeah, know so, they've got him underranked. Uh, what do we say? Wide receiver, running back is one I wanted to look at. Oh, Evan Hull here for me. I don't think it's a question. I love Evan Hull. Um, he's probably one of the most underrated running backs in this class. Uh, he ran really well. He's really good out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he went in the fifth round. I think he's somebody that you could get a lot of value with uh, in the in the draft uh, and could be a player that complements the room really well. If you're looking for somebody who can do everything, uh, Evan Hull is one of my favorites. We got bigger, that's for sure. God, yeah, we really went. Big tight uh, end, DL, tackle, guard, running back. Yep, didn't add any uh, wide receiver, didn't add any cornerback or safety. Um, but this okay, is you're one. not trading away any wide receivers. That's that's true. Uh, that's true. So Zach Pickens, the worst <laughs> pick on here. Or actually, they didn't like Emil Ekior either. So I, I, overall, I think this would be a really fun uh, building on the baseline uh, of this class for the Broncos and really getting bigger and stronger up front. No, you look at Ekior and they don't like him. He's ranked um, 195 on their big board and he's going much, much higher than that in, in these type of drafts and the average draft position. Um, and he's, he's a good player uh, guard. They left, have him listed at guard. He played, let's just, let's just show him up again real quick. Let me, we can pull this down. We'll stop sharing and I'll bring this video up again of him. But Emil Ekior was um, strictly center at the Senior Bowl. I don't remember even taking a snap. Uh, there's Mississippi State. I don't remember his name. The Mississippi State off defensive lineman interior was a pretty good player too, Nick. Yeah. Um, interior DL, Mississippi State. That was Cameron Young, 6'3", 304, 35-inch arms. He was a pretty good player too. And that's Alabama's Byron Young, 47, I think, that yep. he was going against. And that's DJ Dale, the other Alabama kid that was there. So some some work in there. But look at the look at the the anchor on this dude. That's Zach Pickens right there. So you see the way Zach and, and that, that there's two of your guys right there going against each other. So that's a good rep that we took. Watch Zach Pickens fire off of this ball, get the initial is, punch. Too. And then Emil is able to set back in and get set and and hold enough time. Now, I put that on both of their reels. I consider that a kind of a draw because you I see a lot from both of those guys, and that's not a bad rep for Ekior. That's more time than Russell Wilson was getting in the pocket last year. I promise you. Yeah, I really like that. He's right at the line of scrimmage. You know, in a drop back pass, he's still out there. Never, never got moved. And that's him against Zach Pickens again, actually. So another good rep to watch. That's him and Zach Pickens. And, uh, you know, was able to take him out and, and clear the left side of the line. I believe that's Cameron Young nose up over him. So, yeah, again, 
They can give a D to that all you want. That kid can play. Yeah, and uh, Zach Pickens might be one of my favorites in this class. Uh, just given I have a very much have a type. You know, some guys have a type, and the athletic, long interior defensive lineman is a uh, bind. And uh, I think Pickens might be might be the guy. Michael Ronquillo, great show today. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Well, thank you, Michael. We appreciate that. And Michael also makes the connection. Uh, Lou Aene is the Broncos' new running backs coach. And where did he coach last year, Scott? Yep, you're right. Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern. So the Broncos go with the Northwestern running back there. Uh, I know that the fantasy community is very high on Evan Hull as well, given the he weighed like 210 and a five foot ten frame, which is a good body type for running that's back. Emmett Smith. Yeah, that's that's what you're looking for for a lot of those guys. And he's a really good pass catching back as well. So I think he's a little bit underrated. And that's one of the reasons that uh, waiting on running back there, I think, makes a lot of sense for the Broncos if they can. So any final thoughts on our final mock draft Monday? I think we'll run another one tomorrow because we're going to squeeze yeah, all I'm that sure juice. We'll run we can. another one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, what was your favorite to pick? Any of those ones are you like, ah, I wish we'd have gone back a different way with that one. We went, we went Darius Rush uh, or we went Zach Pickens, didn't we? Yeah. Zach Pickens is, is a solid pick. Um, who comes in and plays early out of that bunch? There's a lot of candidates. Um, Pickens plays early. He's a rotational. You know, Laporta player. at tight end. You've got a need for another tight end right away, especially if you want to go heavy, heavy set. You're not bringing in Dulcich if you want to go heavy. So you got Manhurts and who? Okawebenom, the you know the run blocking machine. No, yeah. <laughs> so you know if you wanna if you wanna go a heavy set, you know you might have Dulcich as a slot receiver as one of your receivers, but you can absolutely use a tight end early. Um, again, Zach Pickens. I'm not going to complain about a six three three hundred pounder that moves like he does ever. Wanya Morris, your 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 tackle, your developmental tackle. Swing tackle. That might be the biggest one that I think has the biggest bust factor, mm-hmm. uh, but. Can you really bust in the fourth round on, a, on an on offensive lineman that you're thinking may develop into something? Take your shot. Um, and then Ekior and Evan Hall are great value in the fifth and sixth. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be fun, man. Last final mock draft Monday. Uh, appreciate everyone coming in, hanging out. Lance comes in, says, love the show, fellas, informative, entertaining as always. See you during the draft. Well, we'll be live again tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday, so hopefully we'll see you then as well, but we'll be during live during the draft as well. And uh, make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at uh, BFB underscore pop and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Smash that uh, subscribe, uh, as they like to say. Hit that bell so that way you know when we go live as well. And uh, that's going to have to do it for us today. Um, You guys are great. Uh, thanks for all the support today. It's going to be a big week. We're going to be here a lot, so make sure you're keeping mm-hmm. tuning in here Mile High Huddle. Uh, we'll see you guys again early tomorrow. We'll see you tonight also, uh, Huddle Up Podcast. Any final thoughts, Scott, before we get on out of here? No, I think you're doing the the Mile High Roundtable tonight, aren't you? <laughs> That would be the first I'd heard of it. All right. So I think the, the Mile High Roundtable draft is supposed to be going on tonight with several of the experts come in. I bowed out of that. I'm, I'm antisocial any more than one or two people. And I'm like, no, I'm out. So, uh, but that's what's supposed to be going on tonight. So check it out. Uh, try and keep it with five picks. Everybody gets about a minute to, to make it. And someone's got to be in charge. I'm going to make sure that, Chad, you've got final say. And uh, but that's supposed to be tonight, the Mile High Roundtable with lots of the MHH podcast personalities on tonight. Well, it's possible that I was told, but I was having too much fun at the uh, baseball game yesterday. So I'll have to go check my notes. Um, But you guys have a great one. Uh, We'll see you again tomorrow, uh, maybe tonight. Uh, Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.